Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. Hey everybody, this is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds, and I'm excited for our guest today, Jill Ayatoro, the Editorial Director at Cyber Risk Alliance and Editor-in-Chief of SC Media. Welcome, Jill. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. So we're really excited to hear about your new role. I understand you just uh, started at SC Media. We'd love to get started there. Let us know um, kind of what your new role is and, and how you landed there. Yeah, it's very, very exciting, actually. So... Um, um, I'm editor-in-chief at SC Media and then editorial director, as you mentioned, at Cyber Risk Alliance. So SC Media is really going to be um, a lot of my focus, um, really taking this brand that is over 30 years old and, and expanding it, digging deeper in terms of the content coverage, um, making sure that we're basically serving the cybersecurity community um, with information that they don't know, where they're coming to us to get the full picture, to understand the news that's happening, um, to uh, walk away, we hope, with new insight, um, new intelligence that will really help them do their job better. So that will involve a mix of all of the wonderful news reporting that we've done. Um, We'll do a lot more in-depth reporting and um, expanded use of multimedia, interviews, podcasting, um, will all really kind of be key in terms of our area of focus. Um, Looking across the board at, you know, everything from workforce to threat intelligence, um, looking at uh, policies and regulations that, of course, guide so much of the actions of the cybersecurity practitioners out there. Um, and you know, just kind of really helping provide folks with the information they de- need on a daily mm-hmm. basis. So that's, that's really the goal. We'll be expanding the team to do this mm-hmm. and um, we're hitting the ground running. So that's I'm exciting. Really, really excited. Yeah, sounds like it. And you have a lot of experience um, in journalism and defense and tech journalism. Um, I know you were previously at Sightline Media Group. Um, you know, tell us a little about about that shift and you know what you covered there. Maybe learned from there to bring into SC Media today. Sure. Yeah. So I've been. Let's see. I've been last about 20 years I've been been in trade journalism specifically um been in Washington for the last 15 focusing on federal and defense technology Mm -hmm. and always throughout that time frame there was the threat of cybersecurity running through um all of my coverage all of the coverage of the brands that I oversaw uh so the last five years or so I was at Sightline leading the business to government group and uh, serving also as editor of uh, defense news. And um, a lot of my focus was was on, of course, um, similar to what I'm doing here, you know, ensuring our coverage mm-hmm. really does cater to the needs of the business audience. Um, in that case, also the government audience that we serve. Sure. And I do believe strongly and always have that the benefit of, of business journalism and trade journalism, or B2B, if you want to call it that, Mm -hmm. is that we're a resource. It's not, you know, solely reporting on news. It's not um, just 
entertaining for that matter. Right. Um, it's not even a matter of, you know, informing the audience of what has occurred. It's really about providing a good understanding of what it means to them. I believe mm -hmm. that's the role of business to business. And that's what I hope I achieved at Sightline and in bringing over to SC Media. At the same time, I've always focused and really been passionate about digital journalism, about how that transition, the audience's transition to digital media really transforms how you mm -hmm. communicate the message, how journalists do their jobs. And um, that also has always been a passion of mine and a focus, um, taking these incredibly skilled journalists and making sure they're leveraging all that digital journalism has to offer. So that's also a really high priority mm -hmm. um, for, for right now. Because I do believe you get a benefit in digital journalism of not only relying on the written word and being able to tell a more complete story by utilizing all of the mediums out there to really engage your audience in um, all the different formats that they use to to get information. So that's really going to be a high priority sure. for SC Media is expanding um, what we do in that arena. Yeah, and it sounds like, I mean, with your experience and with the way that the news is and B2B news is, it's definitely needed and necessary as, you know, moving forward. So that's, that's really great. Yeah, I would say... Um, there's so much amazing journalism happening in cybersecurity right now, without question, across B2B, across consumer, across business journalism. Um, it, it's, I think, though, there is what you might call a gap or an opportunity to really cater to the cybersecurity practitioners out there, mm -hmm. you know, and taking it a step further, going a little bit deeper. So that's really what the goal is, is to go beyond the news and really, you know, you hope provide them with an extra bit of information and insight that they can use and to have them hear from their peers. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's huge offering some means of learning from their colleagues and really having also the cybersecurity community contribute to what we are trying to accomplish. A lot of what I hope SP media um, will do and focus on uh, moving forward is engaging with the cybersecurity community to ensure we're hitting the mark, to understand their needs and, and their challenges, and, you know, have them help shape what, you know, we're covering and we're trying to achieve. Yeah. How do you think um, the community will be able to help with that? Um, for uh, open dialogue, I mm -hmm. think is one thing. I mean, me doing this call helps. So thank you for that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I'm trying to have more and more conversations like this where I do and our reporters and editors um, kind of pick the brains of the community and understand, you know, how they're struggling, what, how they're um, moving forward and progressing. And then, you know, have them engage with us in terms of what they need more of. We also, um, will, you know, focus quite a bit, you know, like I mentioned on some of those multimedia capabilities, um, interviews and, and video and podcasting. And I do mm -hmm. think it's a different approach and it's a really valuable mechanism in journalism to be able to speak candidly with your community um, and to share that with the audience. I think that is um, incredibly important and something that we hope to do. But I do hope to hear from as many um, you know folks from this community as I can, and I hope to hear from them often and engage in 
conversation and discussions and mm-hmm. roundtable um, offerings. So all of that is on my agenda going forward. It's it's something I I did in past positions and really see just a terrific opportunity to do so here at SC Media. Yeah, that's a great approach. It really is. Um, so how did you get your start in journalism? You said you've had, you know, over 20 years of experience. What led you to this path? Well, it's a funny story. I actually, um, I finished graduate school in North Carolina at a time when the economy was just in rough shape. There weren't a lot of jobs. And, um, you know, I ended up my first job, I was out in Colorado and it was a job, a monthly publication where I reported about a single IBM server. And it was a monthly publication that was focused on the single IBM server. I remember it was the AS400, later called the <laughs> iSeries. Wow. And it was funny because, and this was not an IBM publication. This was from Penton Media. Um, and it was a wonderful lesson in that you do realize how incredibly engaged the audience um, in business to business is, you know, they were, they found great value in the reporting that we were doing. And this was a devoted audience where they needed this information, like I said, to be able to, um, you know, move forward and ahead in their career. Mm-hmm. And, and it was this wonderful lesson of how that value of trade journalism is a bit different. And I've been in trade journalism ever since with a focus in varying degrees on technology. And that first job really was wonderful for that. But I, I, so I started there and then I um, pretty quickly moved to Washington, um, focusing on government um, resellers and government contractors Mm -hmm. and um, got got into that, which brought me here, gradually transitioned to a great deal of focus on procurement and on cybersecurity. There was um, a long period there where I was reporting on technology and cybersecurity as my as my primary beat. Um, and you know, when you're in Washington, you know everything around government and defense is kind of this is a hotbed. For yeah, it. definitely. So, um, it's been wonderful for my my career, and you see the struggles of what government is facing. Mm-hmm. And what the Pentagon is facing, and very often those challenges just reverberate throughout all markets. And cybersecurity was always um, that area of um, technology that, you know, to some degree stumped everybody or has constantly been evolving. So the job is just never quite done. Mm-hmm, and that's, that's true. Of government, it's true of defense. So um, I always found that interesting. I always got was very passionate. My past and reporters will tell you this, that my passion was always in innovation, um, what the technology community is doing to solve problems and to move us forward. Um, And, you know, a lot of fascinating work is being done. So, you know, I've been lucky. It's been a terrific opportunity. Yeah, it sounds great. So, you know, out of all that experience, what is a memorable story or topic that you've covered that sticks out to you? So um, those who know me well will remember this, but um, I did a project for about two years in a row when I was at Sightline, and it actually has provided a lot of uh, wonderful lessons for something I want to bring to SC Media, but it was called Culture Clash, and mm-hmm. it was this project where I brought into the same room a group of technology innovation leaders from DOD in the same room with the Silicon Valley startup 
technology community, some of which were in cybersecurity, some were in AI, um, kind of ran the gamut. And also some venture capitalists. And we came in the room so that they could hash out their differences, why it seemed to be so difficult for them to work together and in effect, um, really kind of, you know, successful way and what they needed to overcome and the challenges. So this was the topic. We did it for two years, focusing first on the cultural differences between the communities and then second on the investment model, uh, that venture capital scenario. And we, um, put together an amazing special report with multiple articles, but a ton of video where um, we really, they allowed all of this to be filmed and on camera. And so you got terrific interactions back and forth and dialogue going about, you know, the problems as well as maybe ways to find a solution. And um, we ended up kind of publishing all that and it continued and got had a lot of traction and it just created a lot of terrific dialogue in the community um, which is really I think ultimately what I hope to have always hoped to achieve and Mm -hmm. I felt like that was a success story in that regard and um, it's why I brought up to you before you know my hope to be able to bring people in the room together you know whether that's virtually these days Mm -hmm. or whether we do an in-person roundtable or what to hear what they have to say and just kind of hash out ideas. To me, that really creates some really valuable conversation and it has legs, it keeps going and um, continues to evolve. So that was one I just, I loved and it's remained a favorite project of mine. That sounds amazing. I think, yeah, I definitely want to check that out. But I think getting all those people in the same room together, it's really valuable to have those types of conversations. And I think something similar, you know, in in the future of SC Magazine would be really cool. Yeah, and what's interesting about it is when the idea came up, and I think this could be true in the future, I, in the back of my head, said, well, we, we'll never be able to pull this off. <laughs> the odds are that the defense officials or community won't play ball. They won't sit in a room with companies that are, in theory, hoping eventually to sell them products or um, right. And they won't, they won't, or they won't be candid. And yet everyone that I spoke to, we didn't get a single no. And we kept, we kept this to a relatively small number on purpose because we wanted this to be a valuable conversation, rather intimate. And everyone we approached wanted to do it. And that just goes to show that when you really kind of tap into a topic or an area of focus where the community at large cares a lot about the outcome. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to be a part of that conversation. And I think that's really at the core, what can be so valuable about journalism and so value about valuable about digital journalism. Like I said, is you are able to engage that audience and make them a part of the conversation. So that's really what the goal is here. Yeah, absolutely. So I know obviously the pandemic has impacted everything we're doing. You know, we've done a number of uh, remote virtual podcasts here, but how in your mind has it affected or shaped, you know, how we're seeing technology news, cybersecurity news, you know, tech in general? Yeah, it's been an amazing year, hasn't it? That's the best way of putting it, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) um, I think we're all learning so much. And I think the business community, the tech community is um, learning both from the sense of how they interact with their workforce, um, 
you know, needless to say, across all markets, we have many, many people that are now working from home, interacting with others from home. Mm -hmm. So on the one sense, in terms of truly the cybersecurity side of things, that creates, um, you know, a lot of challenges that need to be addressed, potential risks that need to be addressed. So within the cybersecurity community, it's just open an entire can of worms Mm -hmm. to ensure the infrastructure is properly locked down. Um, and that, you know, the, the workforce that are addressing the vulnerabilities correctly themselves. So it's been a rapid ramping up mm-hmm. of, of a really a remote workforce, uh, a hybrid workforce. And, you know, that's been interesting for all of us, but certainly for those that are trying to protect com- company information, company systems and networks. So that's been fascinating. But I think, you know, it's also, there's been to some degree, I would say it's been a little bit of a pleasant surprise in terms of how people have realized that you can function and continue to operate. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we'll, we'll see that continue forward. I mean, we're doing a series, you know, at SC Media that does look at the various approaches that companies are going to have to be prepared for in terms of where their workforce will land you know are they going to remain remote full-time are they going to all come back after this passes or are companies going to need to wrap their brain around a hybrid workforce Mm -hmm. um, into the future and chances are it is going to be that third um, scenario and so how do you prepare for that how do you secure um you know, the network appropriately, how do you, um, you know, onboard in an appropriate way. So I think, you know, a lot of folks see this as a new future in terms of how the workforce um, is managed and how the workforce operates. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there could be some good that comes of that. But I think we are all ready for face to face interactions (laughs) and, um, you know, life getting a little bit more back to normal. Yeah, no, definitely. I think every uh, every call I've had is a video call, right? And it's you get used to yeah. seeing people on video now than ever before. So that's a very interesting, yeah. interesting piece of it. Another thing that we've been asking, you know, related to that is, you know, we saw, um, I mean, naturally, yes, you know, when things all happened with the pandemic in, uh, you know, March, April, um, a lot of the coverage was, you know, based around topics related to the pandemic and the remote workforce and everything. And, you know, we're starting to see more of a shift into balancing other non-pandemic related um, topics and storylines. To what extent are you seeing that shift at SC Media and what can we expect in terms of topics moving forward? Yeah, I would say at SC Media, and we saw this at Sightline, that in, in the beginning, there was a huge appetite um, understandably sure. for audiences to understand what this all meant to how they did business, what it meant to how they operate, what it meant to how they interact with customers, um, what the impacts, the news impacts mm-hmm. were. Um, but it did become a little bit um, of overload. And um, I do, I think that was natural, but it, it did start to, I feel like, cause make it more difficult to really cover the market at large because there was just so much focus on COVID. There is, I should say. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think now for SE Media, the goal is a couple things. Where we need to cover COVID, and of course, this is a really important area for all markets. We will do so, but 
it's starting to more be be a matter of looking at how this will impact the way we do business moving forward. Like right. I just mentioned before, how um, this situation, the pandemic, near term and long term, is creating lessons learned for the business community, and you know, in our case for SE Media, how it's um, offering lessons in terms of how best to um, secure your network and manage um, a hybrid workforce. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to more look to the forward as opposed to just the constant um, churn of news coming out about the pandemic. Um, I almost liken it to liken it to the coverage of breaches, you know, you can write about as a cybersecurity brand, we could write about breaches and hacks all day long sure. um but, but if it doesn't bring with it some core lesson and better understanding of the market then i'm not sure whether we're serving our audience mm -hmm. the way we should be so it's similar you might say um in terms of the pandemic that um yes we should report on these things but we should still be offering some business intelligence to our audience and doing so and if we're not then we have to question whether it's our story to report so yep. mm -hmm. um you know as a, in terms of what we are covering, there is no loss in terms of um, cybersecurity areas of focus, how various technologies right now are impacting um, uh, the cyber uh, state of cybersecurity for the business community, whether it involves the pandemic or not. Mm -hmm. So if anything, you know, when we have our pitch meetings every morning and we do, um, it comes up, I would say almost every day, there's a story that somehow directly or indirectly is tied to COVID, but we're being much more selective in terms of whether it is worth our time or whether some of the other areas of focus really are higher priority in terms of us serving our readers and being a resource to mm -hmm. them, like I mentioned. No, that's really good perspective. And I think something that a lot of people are wondering, you know, as we're, you know, transitioning into the world as we know it today. So really good insight yeah. on that topic. Great. And then, you know, we talked about what makes an SC media story and, you know, really a lot about how you report and what you're looking to cover. What do you look for when it comes to resources and what, what do you find sets um, resources apart and what they can offer? Um, well, um, certainly, I mean, the best way I can, I can probably phrase it is the way I divide up our areas of coverage. So I think, for us as a B2B brand, you know, we need to focus certainly on news analysis. And I say news analysis purposefully because um, straight reporting of news, if it is the same type of reporting that you might see anywhere else is not, can't be our top priority. Again, we need to kind of provide some intelligence to our audience. So news analysis is key. And then um, in-depth reporting, as I mentioned, um, is also a priority interviews with um, key uh, decision makers and leaders in our community is key. So when you say resources, mm -hmm. I guess I would more be a matter of like, I would say for any journalist, it's a matter of um, deep and varied sources sure. is always priority across the various, whether it be the vendor community, as well as the cybersecurity practitioners community, um, as well as the analysts, community and you know having the varied voice is critical 
And then, as I mentioned before, you know, being able to tell that story in various ways is the ultimate goal and what we will be focusing a lot of time on. So hearing it straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, whether that be through a podcast or some sort of video um, capability um, is always a wonderful opportunity, but framing it in such a way that you are still providing the explanation and Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I always like, and at Sightline did this a lot, and I hope we will do it at SC Media, is, you know, having that multimedia experience where we're, we're reporting deeply on a topic, but we do also have um, the visuals of um, an interview or a docu-style um, video mm-hmm. uh, to accompany it, um, infographics and data um, I would say that is a key resource for us yeah. is having access to data without question and really fusing those all together to tell a full story. Yeah. I used to say, and I will say, you know, our reporters, reporters in the B2B world in general have incredible access to um, just amazing experiences and access to incredible people. But if they just write a story and then it falls off the website in a matter of a few days, so nobody else really has very um, an easy ability to find it and to read it, then it's not really having the impact that it should. Mm -hmm. And that's where taking um, a topic and delving in beyond just the written word is so important. Mm -hmm. Great. And I'm sure you get, and you know, your writers get just a ton of pitches every single day and your email box inboxes are full. And just from your perspective, from a media perspective, how can um, cybersecurity vendors try to set themselves apart in such a noisy and crowded space? Yeah. So um, what I would say is first to understand what we're trying to achieve, our goals as a brand, who, um, you know, how to what I just kind of spoke about. Mm-hmm. Um, and come to us with a great brand understanding so that, you know, when you are reaching out to us, you are doing so because the story you have in mind very much meets the criteria of what we deem to be important for our audience. We get a lot of pitches where I question whether uh, the individual sending them has any idea what we do. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that would, of course, be number one. I would also really encourage... um, coming not necessarily with a press release um, or at least not just sending a press release to us as well as the rest of the world, but to call us and explain why it matters or email ahead of time and explain what's happening and why it's significant to our audience. Because once it's in a press release and out there, um, it's far less interesting, I would argue, um, to myself and Mm -hmm. our reporters. Um, And... You know, I think there's a real emphasis that we are looking for from vendors in terms of not necessarily uh, updates on their products, although I know that is important and certainly we should hear about those. But instead, you know, what they are seeing in the market and the landscape, you know, the the, um, kind of um, threats that are really kind of going to influence how the cybersecurity community does its job now and later. You know, these are individuals that understand the technology, that understand the market. So Mm -hmm. some of that thought leadership and expertise and really just calling and saying, hey, have you been tracking this? This is worth your time. Um, That is really, really helpful. And if we have vendors who 
come to us to help us understand the market versus just understanding their company and their products. And those are the ones that we know are in this, um, you know, for the same reasons we are and that we will go back to and rely on as sources. Um, so that's kind of really what I hope they come to us for and what is really going to have more success than just kind of pushing through, um, you know, an update on a product through a press release and sure. hoping that we will give it some coverage. <laughs> nope, that makes sense. Good advice there. And then we do have um, a listener question I'd like to pose to you. And then um, before we wrap up, so what are your thoughts on virtual events? I know with everything in person being canceled, I know, um, you know, RSA was really the last big in-person cybersecurity event before everything shut down. So from your perspective, are virtual events valuable to you and will they ever compare to an in-person type of event or conference? So um, I would say at this point in time, we should probably all be thankful that we have the technology that we're able to, um, we're, we're actually able to at least exchange great ideas and um, engage virtually. So Absolutely. I will say that. Mm-hmm. We also, um, Cyber Risk Alliance um, oversees or owns also InfoSec. So they, I know we had to transition extremely quickly to a virtual event ourselves. We now put on many, many virtual webcasts and panels as well. Um, So it's something that we are having to execute on. I would say that they certainly serve a valuable purpose. I think great care has to be taken to not bombard the audience, to make sure that the topics and the speakers are in line with what they need to know in the same way that your reporting would be. Um, And that you're not, you know, kind of saying a lot of the same things that they're hearing elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's really important. As for the the place, um, whether or not it's it's will replace live events or kind of the role, um, there are things that you will get at a live event, the interactions, the networking that I don't believe can be replaced by virtual events. But I do think when we come out of this, there probably will be some lessons in terms of um, leveraging both, um, you know, and I do wonder, we shall see whether events yeah. in 2021, when this ends, I hope 2021, whether <laughs> the events we've all gone to for years will look the same as they did before. I don't think that they necessarily will for a while. Mm-hmm. So we're probably going to start to see a blending of virtual and live events um, happening. And it just might last past the pandemic if it's serving the audience in an effective way. Yep, definitely. Great insight. Well, Jill, it's been really great talking to you and learning about your new role as editor-in-chief of SC Media. Any last things you want to add or talk about? Only um, I encourage, you know, the whole audience, you know, both the vendor community as well as you know, the cybersecurity community to please um, reach out. You know, if I know you, then say hello and (laughs) let's catch up. And if I don't, please do um, introduce yourself. Uh, Top priority is to engage as much as possible with the audience and to really kind of ensure that they're contributing to um, our content and our vision moving forward. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can reach me at you know, jill.itoro at cyberriskalliance.com. I'm pretty easy to find. So um, just that would be 
generally my last words. Just keep Great. in touch. Absolutely. And we're excited to see some of these, uh, you know, positive opportunities with SC Media and a lot of this great digital content moving forward. And we're really excited to watch some of that happen. Great. Thank you so much. Great. I can't Thanks. Wait. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show. And you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found.